Hello, and welcome to Dicey Deep Dive, a This Could Get Dicey talk back episode where your favorite group of buds get to unwind from their D&D podcast to dive into the latest happenings and answer questions from listeners like you. I'm Kenny Chilton, and today is a beautiful day to play a little bit of a trivia game. Oh, we have a trivia? Oh, you're oh, start, you're starting do. with trivia? But first, y'all introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Alex Villarreal. I play Ellis Vendove. I'm Destiny Nieto, and I play Loomis Bjorn. And I'm Becky Schmader, and I'm the Game Master for This Kick It Dicey. This is our first Talkback episode, everyone. Woo! 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 The people have spoken, and it's time for us to talk to the people. Uh, well, first, are so, we doing the trivia? Yeah. So, to start, since this is our first Talkback episode, right. I am kind of a trivia. I, like, love trivia. Um... And so I thought it would be fun to do, like, uh, a trivia about our first episode. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So I got a few questions for you here. There is a prize for the winner. Okay. Oh, I don't, okay. I don't know what the prize okay. is yet, but there will be one. <laughs> um, okay. First question. Everyone get your answer. Don't say it out loud. What was the first role of our game? Like number? Uh, and like situation. Bonus points if you have the number. That'd be crazy. But if you know what who rolled first and like what it was. I think I know what it is. Ooh, okay. Confident. Becky has a look like. I think I know who it was who rolled. And mm-hmm. I could then probably guess what it is. All right. But no Destiny. idea about the number. I have a guess. I don't remember. I don't remember what happened last episode we recorded. <laughs> and that was last week. So. Yeah, this was a year ago. So, <laughs> Alex, Over a year ago. Alex, what do you think it was? I think the first role of the podcast was when Loomis chewed their way out of the ropes. Um, <laughs> when we were tied up in the cave. And if I would just want to guess, I want to I say that the role was like a nice, healthy... 1617. Okay. Destiny, what do you think? I think it was a meal doing a perception check. All right. Good guess. Destiny. I think mine also was a meal doing a perception check. Damn, you're all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. The first role of the game was Alex, Ellis, Trying to stop someone from taking his boots. Oh damn! How oh. iconic! It was a natural two. <laughs> I do just remember distinctly. I feel like Kenny said first roll of the game. I did say it, but it was Alex yeah. rolling it. Uh, okay, dang. Okay, next question. Next question. Here we go. Here we go. Who was the first PC? So non-Becky person, first character to talk. And I will caveat this by saying. Uh, Alex accidentally talked without realizing he was gagged in this episode. So we're not going to count that. We were all gagged for a little bit. Who was the first character to actually say words on the podcast? Emil. For sure wasn't Loomis. I'm going to go with Emil as well. <laughs> I think it was also Emil. All right. Big zeros for everyone. Dang. Uh, the first person to talk was Ellis. <laughs> Again. Damn trick! You're trick. Damn okay. the you misdirect. You were, you were the first words. Thank you, friend. Usually, I have to pay extra for this kind of service. Uh, 
yes. Yes, yes. Um, here's a question. This is going to be a guessing game. Whoever gets closest wins this one. What was the timestamp of Ellis's first line in our first episode? Okay. Just what do you think it would be? How much time would it take, do you think, for one of us to talk in this podcast? Besides Becky? 14.12. Okay. 14 was in my head, so I'm going to stick with it, and I'm going to say 14.30. All right. So Playing the close game. I like that. 16.20. Destiny wins on a technicality, so point to Destiny. The timestamp of our first PC dialogue was 25.25. <laughs> we were gagged and making a bunch of dexterity saving throws for a, or dexterity checks for a long time. Dang. And also, okay. Becky, you did like the intro of like what we're doing yeah, yeah. here. You gave an so intro. I took that into account. I just knew that fucked our, around like, on the ground. It's a beautiful day. Used to be shorter, like yes, a lot it, shorter. There's literally no response in the first episode. <laughs> Everyone says their thing and we move on. We were nervous. I think we were so nervous, from what I can tell. Okay, last question for our first episode, our first trivia of our first episode. Who drew first blood in our campaign? Alice did it. I don't know. <laughs> Loomis. I want to say I'm going to say Loomis. Yeah, I'm going to go with Loomis as well. That's a smart play, Destiny. Uh, all of you get a point. Loomis Woo! was our first blood. Killed Roger in one hit. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remember Roger? Fuck Y'all that remember guy. Him? He was the first character to talk in our podcast. I think actually. Was oh, Raj. good. Sure anyway, Loomis ran him through voice. with a spear. Yeah, didn't slow down from there. So, now we're in our actual Talkback episode. Welcome, everyone. Wait, does that mean I win? De- oh, Destiny, you won! Pew, pew, pew. Air horns. Um, I don't know what the prize is yet. I'll figure it out. Okay, keep me posted. <laughs> so, we gathered some questions from you, the listeners. Um, thank you for these questions. Uh, and we're just going to kind of shoot some off. We'll keep it loose. Uh, here's a question. First for everyone, what inspired you all to start a D&D podcast and how did you get started? Well, I believe I distinctly remember that we were celebrating Kenny's birthday. So it was like October. I don't it was, I know when your birthday I know when your birthday is. It's the 16th of October, right? Well, OK. OK. Just is it? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, it is. Uh, but it was like the weekend around then and. I remember like hinting, I was like, oh, I need to talk to you about something. And I said, later, we'll talk about it later, which is what we do when we play Monopoly and we don't want to trade at that moment. Say later. We say, well, later. Um, So that's what started it was that was that little sentence. (laughs) I want to talk to you about something later. I think in the realm of like podcast world, um, this wasn't Becky and I's first crack at it. Um, and making podcasts is a lot of fun. Um, and I know the four of us consume just a metric shit ton of actual play podcasts. So it was just like, we love we love playing D&D. Let's, let's take a crack at it. Yes, I specifically remember when Becky and Alex did Player Versus, your first podcast. Yes. Uh, and you, you started doing some D&D one-shots. Listening to those, I was like, we could we could do this. I remember thinking that at the time. Like, we could make a podcast. Uh, and so it was, I mean, I think it was Becky. Becky was the one who got the ball rolling. Not I think. But was like, 
had an idea like i saw i think you came to me with like a question but it, i think you had already pretty much decided you were gonna do it yeah um, i'm glad i'm glad you asked me to do it <laughs> yeah i guess if thinking about like what was the actual like thing in my head that triggered me to be like all right it's go time it was specifically critical role released a video uh, that was talking about their new studio and like seeing all of them get so excited and like proud about this thing and I like literally cried watching that video um specifically like Marisha getting really excited and like passionate about like helping create this thing that brings her friends joy it made me really emotional and I was like damn like we could be doing this and obviously like maybe hopefully one day to that scale but the only thing like stopping us from getting started is like not starting so yeah, um, I don't know. Becky had originally asked me to like, kind of like run this thing with her, and I, I was like, I, I don't know if I have that kind of time. I'm just happy to be here. Um, <laughs> but I, we had like, I that same video you're talking about where they like showed us the table that they were played at for the first time and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, same thing. I thought, well, we maybe don't have like a physical table, but how many times have like some combination of the four of us sat at a table and like played hours of D and D that we, we had to eventually turn it into a podcast. Destiny, how did you get here? I'm just happy. I got invited. <laughs> <laughs> Follow up question. Same listener. I think, how did you get into D and D itself? Besides the podcast, we said we, at the beginning, like, we've all had some D and D experience. How did you get into D and D? Like, the game itself that's a question for everyone i took a crack at it with for the first time playing with a group of friends kenny was there uh we were living together in a house it becky was there no no but i know the story (laughs) um and you know just like a lot of people's first DD experience it's a lot of like i want to stab i want to kill i want a firebolt um and we tried it, and it didn't. I don't think it really st- stuck with me, um, but it really was for me actual play podcasts. Um, I think Becky first introduced me to an actual play podcast, and uh, I I really just hit the ground running and just like that's all I. Can he see. ran away with it. Let me tell yeah. you, listeners at home. <laughs> I think it was like I think I remember being like, "Hey, campaign two of Critical Role starting," and you were like, "Word." And then I'll check it out. I was like, "Hey, was I'm on like episode two, and you're like, "Cool, I'm on episode fifty already." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh." <laughs> and I had like already like almost finished campaign one, um, and then from there it was just like finding other D and D podcasts, and then eventually sitting down to like actually like play. Um, I think um, one of my first campaigns was me doing uh, uh, the Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Uh, with Becky and Kenny and Kenny's wife Whitney, um, and then from and there your, it was just and like your wife. And, and your own wife. Oh, as well. and my <laughs> wife. <laughs> love you, love you. Um, and then it was just like, yeah, it was just took off from there. Yeah, I, it was also actual play podcast that kind of got me started in it and got me like interested because it's really it is hard to like get a group of friends to like commit and sit down and play at least once a month um and then from there got invited by a friend to play to, with alex was there uh to play D and that group did not last long at all 
but I was so happy to be there. Like, I remember getting the text from the DM being like, hey, do you want to, like, join our group? And I was like, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> um, and then from there, yeah, played with Alex and then, and Kenny and their wives. And then uh, started, like, a home game with Alex, Destiny, myself, and a couple of other friends. And that's, like, really where it was like, we're in this. Yeah, for me... I feel like, I think, Becky, we, when we lived together and then oh, our other yeah. roommates, we did, like, a, a one-day D&D session. Yes. And it went well, but then, I don't know, it, we just fell off of it. We couldn't, weirdly enough, even though we all lived together, couldn't <laughs> schedule another time to do it. Very strange, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was very strange. I was also working a job where, like, sometimes I'd come home at 3 a.m. Um, so <laughs> it was a weird time. But then, then you did your homebrew campaign that you just mentioned and that's what when I really got into D&D just because I think just we just all vibe together it lasted what two and a half years three two and a half years 15 Uh, something sessions I think yeah which was awesome and then while we were playing that then that's when I got into actual play podcast so kind of different than y'all's where you started the podcast and then started playing i started playing had so much fun with it and i was like oh professionals do this yeah. <laughs> and they have media to consume for free okay sure um and then because i was always very intimidated by dungeons and dragons because just i just thought i don't play video games so i just was like i don't know how to do any of this like there's nothing that i consume currently that kind of translates to you know, tabletop role-playing. Um, but I'm glad I did it. I know we're the same age, but I feel old as fuck right now as I say this. I started playing D&D in the early 2000s, like 2002, I think, uh, with 3.5, the 3.5 edition. Uh, my brothers and I played a lot in the summers. Um, and we, w- we would have, like, it, it was... I don't remember, like, the number of years we would play the same characters, but it would be like not a continuous story like we play now. It would just be like, we have these characters and we're going into dungeons and like dying fucking gruesome deaths and then recycling the characters and just like playing over and over again. I have a specific memory. It was my brother Casey who got us involved. So shout out to Casey. Um, Casey had us all playing D and D and we like did not want to play at first. Casey's like the nerdiest of all of us. And I say that in the most loving way. Um, but he, <laughs> he had us playing and we didn't want to, but then I got really into it because I realized as someone who was a little bit mean to his younger brothers, it was a way to be mean to them in like a fantasy world. <laughs> so I was like constantly giving my brother, shout out to my brother, Kyle, Kyle, like impossible checks. <laughs> like he was just getting crushed by stone doors and stuff all the time. Um, so that was like my start with D&D and we like played pretend all the time as kids. So it, it fit really well. But then in 2016, like after... When, like when I was an adult, um, our friend Azim asked me to uh, if I was interested in DMing because he wanted to play, and he asked me if I would DM a group, and so I got a group of us together uh, to to play, and then Azim left that party, but we kept the group going, so I've had that same campaign going for like seven years now. Um, oh wow! And so yeah, and since then I've had I've played like I don't know an infinite number of side games with all of you. 
Destiny, you and I, this is the first time we've ever played together. Yeah, I was just about to say. (laughs) Yeah, which is wild. But I'm so grateful that we had this opportunity to play together. Because I've heard just great stories about your play style and your DMing style. So I was super excited. Because I've I've played with these two for a couple years now. But that kind of brings me to a question. I have a question. How Mm -hmm. many other campaigns are each of y'all currently doing? Right now, just two um i'm i'm dming a campaign right now that becky and destiny is in and then i am in a campaign that kenny is dming with me and becky and our friend calvin so you're in three total yeah three two other than this one yeah same for me just two other ones uh becky's answer is gonna be wildly more so i want her to go last i just got (laughs) the one i talked about the seven year one and the the one that alex is and Becky, you're playing it. Destiny? I'm only in one other one. I The fact that you have two other ones, I just can't compute. <laughs> well, I'm in four total. <laughs> one of them being this one. And then I DM another group. Um, and then I'm a player in Kenny's campaign and then Alex's campaign. So I'm in... And two are in person, two are online. So I tried to get Destiny to come play in my to join my like seven year campaign she she turned me down you did and i felt so honored like i remember talking to david i was like oh my god kenny invited me to his really long (laughs) campaign i am so honored but i literally cannot keep three campaigns straight absolutely can everybody can do it (laughs) there's a there was a uh, a coworker I used to have, uh, he he passed away a few years ago. Um, and but he was in. Uh, I thought it was like crazy inspiring that he was in, um, an all text based D and D campaign Dang. that like Ooh. took place over Discord. Interesting. And it was like, and he was the only person who lived in America. There were like people in Europe and Asia and like like South America. So like like time zones were all different and it was literally like like whenever you could respond throughout the day you would respond and like apparently that campaign was going on for like years and years and years like like he's like he's like yeah like one combat takes like a month because <laughs> that's it'll be like so hey i need you cool. to roll to attack and then like a day later somebody in like singapore will be like i rolled a 17 <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool that's sick yeah. there's so many ways to play this game i love it but but along that note of like being in all these campaigns, we have a lot of listeners who don't play either because they've never played before, they listened because they knew us, or they got into it, and now they're interested in D&D. Uh, this person asked, um, what advice do you have for new players who are interested in getting into D&D, and how to like find a group to play with? It's really, like I think the, the hard part about D&D and any sort of like extracurricular like activity... Um, it's, it's easy to, like, get your friends together for, like, a party or, like, a barbecue or a gathering, but to, like, to gather a group of people that are willing to commit to something, like, that is a continuous meetup is really, really difficult. Um, I think kind of, like, testing the waters with um, your friends, different groups of friends, different people with one-shots is, like, a really, really great way. I think one of the one-shots... One of the first one shots I ever did uh, were like pre-assigned characters. Like, it really takes a lot of pressure off of people that like he's like, all right, well, everybody go and make a level one character, and, it's just, and if you don't know fuck all about D and D, like, that, where do you start? But to just show up to a place and be like, hi, you're playing Ben the Rogue, you're playing like Samantha the Cleric, like this is your sheet, 
like let's just like roll some dice and see what happens as opposed to like i think the first time you play you should you should really try to take a lot of the weight off of it um because then if you if you love it then you can just keep those characters going um you know you can really just like take the ball rolling from there yeah i think another thing is to go on to like on tiktok i know there's a lot of groups that they've created um like discords for like certain demographics so like there's like an all like uh women's like discord for D D or like uh like a person of color discord and like that's really nice because then you can find people who are like either willing to play online or if they're in your area to meet up safely um and game shops are where it's at like game shops as well yeah it's, here in austin you know we have so many that three that i can think of like where you can just go on an open table night and just go play yeah i think it's important to try and find people who are into it like it's one mm-hmm. thing to we're all lucky that we're all nerds and we're all down to play <laughs> but i don't like it's hard to force somebody to like this game <laughs> and it's yes. just not gonna work out um and then all that being said is like make sure you're comfortable at the table with the people you're playing with like i hear terrible horror stories of like of dms and players who are like just there for themselves or not there to be like collaborative so it's always okay to like walk away from a game if you're not comfortable and you'll find another another one that's that's better for you i i was gonna say the community online community for dnd is like large and growing yes um, as is the like ttrpg the like, tabletop role-playing game space like D is not the only ttrpg so like there's other ways to get in if D seems a little too overwhelming there's like simpler game systems you can get into as well uh so like there's there's just plenty of community online is what i was gonna say also i mean if there's enough new or you know listeners right now that never played maybe y'all can all get together and start something wow yeah, somebody start a facebook group <laughs> what years no <laughs> no no more no. facebook no more facebook we do not we don't condone, condone facebook, facebook usage <laughs> okay enough D broad talk let's talk about this could get dicey our podcast um becky there's a lot of questions for you I'm going to okay. kind of throw, sprinkle them in, okay? Because you're the DM. So, someone asked, because it just I think they're kind of thinking about the story and how much how much work goes into this. How many hours of prep time would you estimate you put into an episode as the DM? I think that probably, probably like two hours at least, like per episode. And then if it's kind of going into like a new area, like when we we're going towards like creating Mistfall and creating like Venzor, like then it kind of ramps up a little bit and spending more time like working on maps or lore around that. But I'd, I'd probably average out to like two, three hours maybe like per, per episode, something like that. Damn. Uh, yeah. It really, it really depends on like, is, are we doing like a dungeon? Are we doing like a lore heavy thing? Or is it like, I don't know, shit's hitting the fan, and I, I don't really know what's going to happen, so, like, what's the point of prepping? And there's definitely been some sessions like that in the recent episodes, so. Kudos, Becky. Uh, Thank you. Alex, a similar question for you. Someone said, what's it like making the music, editing, and playing for the pod? Like, all three jobs I think they were asking. 
Uh, playing for the pod is easy and fun and breezy. Um, it makes editing and doing the music a lot easier because I'm there. Um, like, whenever we record, like, I'm, like, making... Like, obviously, like, I know big themes of overarching... Like, you know, I know that this is the big focal point of an episode. Um, uh, editing is uh, uh, tedious at times. Sometimes it's it's uh, sometimes it's a lot of fun. Um, I did, I did um, like, a small part-time audio gig... A couple years back and um when i first hopped on the job sounded like really really easy but uh like the guy who ran it was just like it'll take you 10 minutes like the ratio of time it takes you to get through an, like an app like time is like 10 minutes of the content equals one hour of work um and right now if it's a combat episode that's 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 really still accurate um but that but then you have an episode like um when Emil and Kara have their big heart to heart, that was a breezy episode. <laughs> Just like sit back and listen to two two friends pretend to be married. I'm glad that was um, easy for you. That was not easy for on our end. So that's not, great. No, it was not. No, it was not. <laughs> me, me and Destiny kicked back. Um, and the, and the, the music is a lot of fun. Um, uh, this podcast actually helped me. Um, really, really, really helped me get out of like a big like creative slump musically mm-hmm. um one it forced me to start thinking about like you know i i write i'm like a songwriter so i like write songs and i hadn't been writing songs for a really really long time um and doing this podcast like putting like a like you know a deadline on things uh i really helps me work better um so um there there are lots of songs here that, that i um am super 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 proud of um and a lot of them happen in like one fell swoop like i'll be at work all day just like kind of humming a melody in my head and then i'm like i have to get home and if i don't get this out and it usually will take me like a solid like two hours and like a whole song is done that's Um, crazy (laughs) that's insane that's awesome though um yes if you all didn't know listeners alex composes all the music for the show it's all original music none of it is stock music so maybe we'll sell it except what what I'll be I'll I'll be super I'll be super upfront. The drums, the, this is the drums and the intro and outro music are loop drums that I did not do. <gasps> that's the only thing. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. Gas. What's and the point? Whole... <laughs> 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 uh, just a couple more broad questions, and then I want to get into some like specific character and story kind of questions. Um, where did "It's a Beautiful Day" come from? I have the same question, but a listener also asked, where did this tradition we have come from? All right. This one's a me one, two. Uh, well, first, Destiny and I had talked. I remember we were, like, talking about, I think we were talking about Loomis, and we were like, oh, we kind of, like, we should try and figure out something to, like, kind of do before we just, like, jump into the to the main plot and, like, into the, the D&D part of it. And... I am a, a longtime fan of Grey's Anatomy, and it is a comfort show for me. And uh, one of the doctors, Derek Shepard, before surgery would say, "It's a beautiful day to save lives," um, <laughs> and it's like it's like in passing, like okay, cool, whatever. But like, I, if you think about it, like that's really like he would do that before, like literally cutting into someone's brain. Like he wouldn't just like say that, like it's a beautiful day to to save lives everybody like he's he's doing that to kind of like put it in perspective and make sure the vibe is good in the surgery hall and stuff like that um 
So I thought it's a beautiful day before saying something nice would just be like a clever way for us to just sort of like keep make sure things are, are light before starting an episode and you know people would get a little insight into our lives and then yeah remember to sort of like keep things in perspective keep it loosey-goosey you know yeah that's where it started i do i do like it because it gives me a chance to like differentiate myself from a meal um like i am not a capitalist by the way <laughs> like uh <laughs> um yeah, so I do like that like part of our podcast where I can like sh- be a human before I play this character. Um, Grey's Anatomy. All right. Are we going to keep it, you think? Is this a forever thing? Like in our next campaign, are we still going to do it? I think it's kind of our thing. I, at this I point. think it's our thing. Beautiful. Maybe maybe like like on an April Fools episode we can do like it's a terrible day. <laughs> <laughs> When's our okay. next April Fool's episode? We have to look ahead. Um, yeah. Or we like run, if an April or we do Fool's like a one shot on evil. a Wednesday. Or yeah, if we do a one shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's another listener's question. This one's kind of a chaotic one. Uh, if you could eat one of the dice, which one and why? Hmm. I think the answer is like super obvious. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But I don't oh, want to pick the of, obvious one. I'm oh. thinking about them in terms of like. They're hard candies. Yeah, it's like the only way I can think of them if if they were edible. Oh, like I was thinking them in cheese. Okay. Oh wow! Okay, okay. I was so thinking I was like, candy. Oh. You tell us about cheese, though. <laughs> well, think like in my head, thinking about it, just like going through the dice, the the normal dice, like the six sided dice, looks like a block of cheese. Oh, so is that what you choose? No, that's the obvious one. So I wouldn't. That's not what I would choose. That's not what I would choose. I think I would choose the twelve-sided one. That's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, yay! Are you for real? This is a universal (laughs) answer. Which is why I thought the D twelve was maybe the obvious choice, not the six. But no, the the twelve seems like the the lightest on the mouth. Um, It looks like 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 a jumbo gusher, like a gusher that's Mm -hmm. been stretched out. Yeah. It's like a pleasantly geometric. The amount of times I've wanted to put my D12s in my mouth and just like hold them there. (laughs) (laughs) They shouldn't make dice look so tasty. I also say they're not the, like, I feel like they're the like least used dice probably or like Mm -hmm. one of the least used dice. And so eating it wouldn't be a loss to your set of dice. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I never thought of it like that. I'm not a barbarian. Yeah. I feel like only barbarians use them really. Hmm question for you destiny let's get specific about characters okay hey why did you make loomis a vampire that's a really great question and i don't have a good answer (laughs) for you (laughs) and i am so sorry listeners i am a vibe person and something maybe my gut was just like hey you know go for a vampire this time maybe you won't die right away uh, in the campaign or, you know, make it super difficult for Becky to kill you. Uh, but yeah, no. <laughs> uh, you were metagaming. <laughs> I was a little metagaming. Also, um, I've definitely been on a Twilight kick <laughs> the past couple of years. Uh, and in the other uh, campaign that I am in with uh becky and alex i'm a werewolf a lycanthrope 
character, so I kind of had to balance it out. Yeah, you seem to be a big fan of the the macabre, you know, the cryptids. That's true. Even your your character in our first campaign was a warlock. You Um, know, that I never thought of it like that. Thank you for letting me know (laughs) (laughs) my character choices. Camp, campaign two, Disco Gadaisi, Yeti. Yeah. Campaign Ooh. three, Mothman. <gasps> Mothman. Campa- campaign four, uh, Santa Claus. Oh. <laughs> the ultimate, ultimate cryptid. <laughs> I feel like you pivoted hard from your first character in our like long campaign of being like a warlock that was super squishy and was like near death a lot, probably. Yeah. And so you were like, I don't want to do that anymore. So then you went with a, a barbarian for Alex's campaign and a monk for this one, who's a vampire. I did. So. The, I will, that trajectory definitely helped me pick a monk um, class. Because like Becky just said, my first class was that like legit campaign was a warlock where I definitely enjoyed it. Just the spell management was just like, oh my God, a little too mm-hmm. much for me. Um, and I always felt bad. I always felt like I wasn't doing enough, even though some of the spells that I had were powerful. But whenever they didn't hit, it was just like a big blow to my ego. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to just, you know, pick something that where I just literally slash or punch things. So I picked barbarian. And then from that, I was like, okay, don't want to do a barbarian again. What's something or a class that like I can punch, I can punch more than use like a weapon. Uh, So that's how I led to monk. But yeah. I will say when I Becky allowed me to play a villain in the campaign that you played a warlock in, um, which was really fun trying to come in and kill all of your characters. I will say I targeted yours because after just like a few minutes of playing, I was like, "Oh, she's the most dangerous one." Oh, thank you for saying so that. I did target you. So, <laughs> um, here's a question for Alex: Whose idea was it for you to multi-class as warlock? As in, did Becky spring this on you, or was it your idea? I don't remember exactly whose like the original idea was. I did like I I am notorious for uh I don't like playing spellcasters. Um I like martial classes. Combat overall is like kind of my least favorite part of D&D. Um and um I've always been very intimidated by spellcasters, but I knew I wanted to play a bard. Um and I think I was just like looking up like cool multi-class ideas and and i i saw the bard lock and uh but i definitely like i think when becky and i discussed it i was like i want to be a warlock and i don't want you to tell me i like that's like up to you like when i become a warlock how i become a warlock what happens like you 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 take the reins oh cool yeah yeah it was definitely alex's idea to be a warlock and like multi-classes warlock but he was like but don't like Whenever it happens, it happens. I was like, okay. I like the term bard lock. Mm-hmm. It's, it goes goes kind of. That's it, one of the main like reasons why I took it. Kind of hard. <laughs> it's pretty hard. <laughs> I I also took it because also in a, a testament for me being intimidated by spellcasters, bard lock is really really easy. If uh, for any players out there that are wanting to experiment with multiclassing for the first time, especially as spellcasters. Um, your hit dice for both Bard and Warlock are both D8s, so you don't really have to, like, mess around with, like, oh, I only have, like, two of this dice and some of that dice, and uh, Charisma is, like, the main stat for both characters. Mm-hmm. So you really, like, you it, it wasn't 
it was pretty confusing for me to <laughs> to get that character sheet nailed down. But having those two things uh, made things like a lot, lot easier. Um, I imagine multiclassing from like like being a fighter and taking a spellcaster is like a little easier. But like you want to be a wizard and a sorcerer, you want to have your cake and eat it too. Like you're crazy. <laughs> Along these lines, Becky, what was your inspiration for fan fave NPC Nanoxus? Okay, um, let's see. Well, okay, when Alex and I did kind of like a short, very, very mini campaign with some of our friends to sort of start building the world of Drugala, and one of the characters in there was this like feathered demon guy who would like kind of follow them around, and if they like did something to please him, he would like give them a gift or something like that. So I really wanted to take that character and grow it larger and make it like a they'd have a voice and they'd have like a personality and stuff and then i liked them being a war like a warlock patron and sort of like being like a trickster and wanting to fool around with people now the voice though is very much uh based on a character from destiny one and two uh named varix Okay. who he's a fallen and he like breathes really heavily and like wheezes as he talks and he like <laughs> kind of speaks in like like weird like kind of question like broken uh sentences and stuff and then he'll say like yes a lot afterwards so I took a lot of inspiration from that um and I really like I feel like it adds a layer of like creepiness when you're when you're constantly kind of like posing a question to somebody of mm-hmm. like this is what I think. Yes. Like, do you think that too? Um, and so I think that it, it adds a layer of creepiness as well as kind of like forcing like Alex basically to like, do you agree? If not, what bad thing's going to happen? And so it kind of, um, I, I feel like made it a good character, a fan favorite. I'll take it. That's what they said. They said fan fave NPC. Uh, yeah, I would say Nanoxus is pretty creepy. Uh, cool. Yeah, in a good way. I think he's one of my favorite NPCs. Yeah. Follow-up question, Becky. Where's Gramps? Okay, last time y'all saw Gramps was at that like pixie cult thing that you mm-hmm. guys were at, and you let him go, and you said, I never want to see you again. Uh, so I think he moved westward still from that location and is perhaps in the city of Theronhill. So, wow! I didn't think you were going to answer that question. If y'all go there, I think I Gramps and Raya are the same person. Mm. I'm taking notes now. That's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good twist. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> uh, question for for Kenny: What made you want to give your character a family? Uh. I wanted a different backstory for um, a character besides like some kind of like tragic or uh, like typical backstory. And that's always been a thing for me with characters is I like to, well, I like to like give them an interesting dilemma, but for the most interesting thing to have not happened yet to them, like I want the most interesting thing that's going to happen to them to happen in the campaign. And so like I liked a family as like kind of stakes for needing to get treatment 
Um, and like for also for him to like have a reason to be cowardly, uh, to like, uh, you know, need something to like stay alive for. Uh, but also I have a family and it's like, it looks very similar structure wise to Emil's family because just everything's like much harder and more important in my life now than it was before. Um, in in like a good way because the stakes are higher. So I wanted to like try and replicate that in the game. And, and it like adds another dimension to this like very otherwise selfish guy that like there's a reason for what he's trying to do. If that makes sense. It does. Yeah. At first I thought you were going to say, oh, I wanted to have a character that has like a different life than my own. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny, wait a second. <laughs> a businessman <laughs> yeah and i didn't want it to f- uh i don't think emil could have gotten as far as he's gotten like on his own in terms of like success so i thought that family also mattered for that like support allyship is is good otherwise he wouldn't have made it as far as he did becky let's talk about uh, a story arc that didn't go as expected or, or maybe you had to scrap based off of choices we made. Is there anything that, like, didn't make the cut because of we made a certain decision? You know, for the most part, y'all pretty much, like, pick up whatever I put down. And that's been really nice and helpful. Um, so there's not been a lot of times where, like, stuff has been cut from the campaign. But there is one instance in where it was, which was the Academy Open House. Um I had, like, this whole thing written out of, like, you guys go to the open house that night and, like, each of you would, like, go maybe to, like, a different wing of the academy and explore it and talk to, like, different professors there. Um, There was, okay, now, so a lot of the stuff around the academy, I think, got cut. There was another thing where I was trying to drop some leads on the uh, collector and that you would maybe be able to ask somebody at the academy more questions about him but you all didn't pursue that either yes there was like that one professor that he like knew or something mm-hmm. that knew of him yeah we never so, went after that so yeah a lot of stuff in the academy that maybe y'all will go back to i don't know that one's on y'all <laughs> well now i kind of want to although ellis yeah. i feel like hated the academy <laughs> yeah i was, was like destiny <laughs> intrigue loomis could give two fucks <laughs> Too, too many books. Well, <laughs> Here's a question though that about that you two, for the player characters for us. I don't know any of you personally. This listener says, "Are your characters like you, or are you very different from your characters?" Oh, I'm be, I be projecting, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing your character voice right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. Yeah. I mean, Ellis is. Uh. I. I. Th- I always. I. I like. There's a reason why I think I picked Bard. Uh, I, I like to make jokes. I like to do bits. Um, whether or not they land or not, it's hit or miss. Um, um, I think Ellis also likes to, um, like, lighten the mood, um, or, like, cut through, like, tension with, like, a joke as, like, a defense mechanism, and I definitely am guilty of that. Uh, I, th- I think there's lots of similar qualities um, to me and Ellis. Um, I think I think Ellis is more charming than I am, for sure. Um, mostly because it's, like, a character and I get to, like, 
be charming, and then I have a, like a plus twelve persuasion. To back that up. <laughs> um, in real life, you do not get that. Yeah, I would have to say the same for myself. Like, definitely projecting some things. Definitely a lot of similarities. A lot of the same likes. Um, but I, I feel like the biggest difference is that I, Destiny, am a people pleaser, and Loomis is not. Um, so maybe also trying to project something that I'm not, that I'm working on. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I think a lot of similarities. What is it? Like life imitates art, art imitates life, whatever. Um, I think a little bit of each of us are in our characters. And I think that's kind of what makes it work at times and also makes it comfortable for each, at least for myself, makes it comfortable for me to play along in this space with y'all. Um, but yeah, there's some similarities. There's some differences. He has a penis. I don't, you know. <laughs> mm, facts. I've always wondered. He's a vampire. You're a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> immortal. You are also immortal. I'm immortal. You have a superior body. I have a superior <laughs> Oh my God, I wish. <laughs> Destiny do be climbing on walls. I, I do be climbing on She's walls. Sometimes I'm just on the ceiling. Down here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that probably when I first created Emil, I thought, no, this guy's not like me. But I think he's probably like a cartoon version of like some of the qualities I don't like about myself, like overconfidence. Um, I do really care about money a lot. Like I think about it a lot. So it's like a thing <laughs> that he like exudes. But I also think that, like, um, the thing that Emil misses a lot or, like, doesn't pick up on is something that's very important to me, which is, like, uh, quality time, like, spending good time doing something. Uh, that's, like, something Emil misses out on a lot, and I, I want to make that, like, a major flaw for him. And that, like, means a lot to me is, like, spending really good time on something. Uh, Emil, like, likes to get serious sometimes and, like, talk deeply and i i really enjoy that so there's some ways we're similar but i think he's probably got some of my qualities that i don't like that i want to like put out into the world and see <laughs> like observe them he probably has some of those that i like to look at from afar <laughs> i have a question for y'all which of the npcs do you think are most like me oh hmm. the collector for sure <laughs> um, sick Probably the collector Nanoxes for sure. For sure Nanoxes, yeah. I I mean I have a pretty good answer, I think. I would say Alaren. Okay. Um you you're kind of like a well for us three specifically, but not just for us three, but you kinda of like bring people together. Like one of my first impressions of you, Becky, like over a decade ago of meeting you was like leading this club that we were all in in college right and like leading us to like several national championships and stuff like that like you bring people together and like create community so that i think that that's probably like a lauren in that way wow i'm just fishing for compliments i was everybody. about to say <laughs> like he was like make me feel good about myself <laughs> <laughs> like i i know doing Kara was was difficult um but i think you did the character really well and i feel like that character was like like a lot a lot of you in that character it was very much like a voice of reason um i yeah i i think i think out of all the characters that was like the most becky i saw the most of it in kara okay okay 
I think for me, well, the, when you when you asked that, the first NPC, well, rather NPCs that came into my head were the robots. That's what I was gonna say. I, what I think too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I most like the robot. And I think what what stuck out with that is that each of them had their own thing that they're like really good at, or they're really into, and you are just so into your hobbies that it was just like okay this this one's the chef of the group because they're really into cooking or learning how to cook this one's you know the candy store because they're really into that so that just made me think of you most (laughs) wow i was gonna say the robots because i think they and all of my anxiety is like how they (laughs) talk and have anxiety is how i feel like i have like especially whenever they would like you guys would say something and they go oh that's I feel like that goes, that's in my head all the time. You do say that a lot. You say, oh. So. That's very good. <laughs> all right, y'all. Let's let's wrap up. One one last question is for everyone. Uh, really think about this one. Okay. Uh, we're forty something episodes in. I think when this releases, favorite improvised moment so far, or like unexpected moment easy i got my answer right now yeah same okay when ellis ellis's speech to the collector like that's mine i've been touched by dark magic magic. (laughs) you've been looking at them too and you're just looking at me like a piece of meat or whatever he's talking about cutting the tension that was very good because it was was a really tense conversation i wanted on a t-shirt like it'd be like a front speech on a shirt I uh I didn't want to be a dick and pick that moment, but yeah, that's my. Favorite too. Uh, I I want I want to get like you you have you ever seen those like tweets that's like it it'll be like only like real ones know what this sentence says and it's just like the first letter yeah, of every like, word yeah. in yes. or twenty letters like. Yeah. Uh, it's like like what your dad yells at you is like get back in the house right now or or something something yeah, like yeah. that something along those lines like that that whole monologue <laughs> or one of those like really long like what would Jesus do but it's like yes yeah I'm glad we all agree uh, though that is a very good moment uh, lots more to come listeners thank you for your questions and thank you all all of us for talking back to our listeners um, I hope y'all like sure. this. Yeah, I don't know how to end this. Uh, uh, you can end it like Guy Fieri and be like, catch you next time on Dicey, Deeps and Dives. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep that one and just play us out with that one, Alex. <laughs> That's good. Uh,